we got to stop by and check that out. And his slogan is, and I haven't hit this before, I'm going to hit it this time because it's the best one. His slogan is, if you snooze, you lose. And it is indeed, that is the case. There are only so many money making opportunities to be had. And he's going to tell you where they all are. It's the one and only Black Bookie. It's Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe, how are you today? Good evening, America. Welcome to the Stooge Lose Podcast. I'm your host, Uncle Joe. This is a sports and a sports betting podcast where the motto is and always will be win together, lose together. Make sure you follow us on all social media platforms at The Black Bookie. Thank you for joining us here live on Millions for another week. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, tell a friend to tell a friend, share the stream. New listeners, old listeners, you know how we rock. We don't try and take up too much of your time. We missed the show last week, had some technical difficulties. Computer was doing an update. By the time it got done, uh, the stream was canceled, so we didn't record last week. But we are back this week. Not going to take up too much of your time. We're going to jump into a few topics I wanted to talk about. I was traveling, uh, just landed yesterday from Dallas. I was in Dallas. Went to the uh, Cowboys-Seahawks game on Thursday night for Thursday night football. Was an awesome game, a close game. My dad's a big Cowboys fan. Well, his whole family really is a huge Cowboys fan. So we had a little family vacation. Went out there. I told him before we even left, I said, listen, the Cowboys are gonna win this game, but they're not gonna win it like how they how they beat the commanders the week before on Thanksgiving. It's not gonna be one of those type of nights. So you gotta sit there, hold on to your seat, be patient, but they're gonna win the game. They'll win the game, but they aren't gonna blow the Seahawks out, and that's exactly what happened. I took Seattle personally, plus nine, um, but I knew the Cowboys were going to come out and take care of business, but I knew it wasn't going to be a blowout because, one, Seahawks had way too much they were still fighting for this year, and also the Cowboys got nothing but the Eagles on their mind coming up in the upcoming week. So they were looking forward to Philly. You know their schedule watching. So I knew it was going to be a close game, and it was a great game. I'm glad. I'd much rather be in attendance for a close game like that than see a 45-10 beat down, even if it's my team. I, I still even blowouts get boring. You know, it's like, yeah, you get the chair, you get seeing a lot of offense, but you want to see a close game. You want to see a good game. You don't want to have to be sweating and panicking, but you want to see a close game. Um, Jerry World is insane. It looks crazy on TV, but even being there, the only word I could really use to describe it, and it still doesn't do it justice, is spacious. It's just so spacious. Even the concourse where you just walk around to use the bathroom or get food or whatever. It's just so open and, you know, uncongested. It's just so spacious. It's it's huge. It's ginormous. It's insane. So it was awesome to be there. It really makes MetLife look like my backyard. It's just such a huge, huge venue. It was awesome to be there. Also went to America Airlines to see Mavs OKC. Saw that game on Saturday night. Another great game to be at. I didn't even realize until the game was over that the Mavs went on a 30-0 run. Like, obviously, I knew they went on the run. I saw, I was there, right? I obviously saw them come back and battle back and get back into the game and end up even going up six. But I didn't realize the magnitude of the run that they went on to come back in that game. It was a surprise. Uh, not a complete surprise, but it was a gift from my wife. She took me to the game, that game. We went on Saturday. And I'm sitting there. And the first half, I'm like, okay, they're, they're, they're down 24. 
I'm not too worried because this basketball team's going on runs and they shot so poorly in the first half. I'm like, okay, they're not going to shoot this bad in the second half, but will they be able to get stops? Because they, they couldn't get any stops. OKC really showed their youth because in basketball, there's no reason you should go six minutes without a point. You shouldn't go six possessions without scoring a point. This isn't like it's football or it's hockey or soccer where, you know, you can get shut out. You, you, you could not score for a long stretch period of time. But in the NBA, and the basketball period, especially the way the game is played now, there's really no reason you should go six minutes without a basket. Yeah, at some point, you have to just get to the line and get fouled and, and get a point to try and stop the bleeding. So I didn't realize it was such a big run. I didn't realize it was a 30-0 run over six minutes. It was insane. It was, like I said, so they're, they're battling back. I'm sitting there. I'm telling her, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm going to give it another two minutes or so, and then we're going to see. I'm probably, we might slide out and try and beat some of this traffic. And then they just possession after possession keep chipping away, figuring out a way. And, you know, it, it, it's after seeing that it was a 30 0 run, it hurt even more, kind of, because it's like, damn, to come back and go on a 30 0 run and still lose, and that just can't happen either. <laughs> it's like, it's one, it's okay to lose, but. To come back and do something that's unheard of, a 30-0 run, go up six in your own building, you got to be able to put that game away. I mean, you have all the momentum and the crowd's behind you now. You're fired up. OKC's back against the wall. Like I said, they really started to show their you, a, a young team that's really going to be good and really going to be a problem in the West. But showing their youth going that long without a possession. Also, like I said, that's coaching too. This, this, you just can't let that happen. You can't go six minutes without a bucket in basketball. It just, it's just unheard of. So to come back, go on such a heck of a run, because everybody goes on run, but to go on that type of run, get the crowd behind you, take the lead, and still choke it away in the last two minutes, it really stung. But the thing I want to talk about most too about this game, if you're going to go to a game, right, I don't care what sport it is. I'm the only sport I might leave out of this conversation is soccer because I know overseas it's a different beast. You know, people, they, it's a different animal, but American sports, if you're going to go to a game and if you're going to be with your kids or your wife or your girlfriend, there is no reason you should be fighting or getting to any confrontation at the game when you have those people with you. I mean, you shouldn't be doing it period because that it's, it's not like you're going to knock somebody out in the stands and then the players are going to hit you up like, oh, yo, we saw you banging for us in the stands. Come come join us for Thanksgiving dinner. Like, I'll come over for the holidays. Like, these guys don't know you. These teams, these athletes don't know you. They don't, they don't care about you. So you shouldn't be fighting at games regardless. But I get it sometimes to an extent. You've been drinking. Sometimes people get a little disrespectful. Things happen. But if you're with your wife or, like I said, your wife or your girlfriend – I'm sorry, you're with your kids or your wife or your girlfriend – there is no reason you should be getting into that much of a confrontation leading to a fight with that with people like that with you. We're at the Mavs game. We're seeing this guy going back and forth with, with OKC fans. And we look over. He's literally with his wife and two kids. One of the kids couldn't be older than six. He's with his wife and two kids just going back and forth, back and forth with these fans. To the point where they're not even talking about the game anymore. They're, they're making fun of his hairline, the way he dresses, 
what school he graduated from, what he does for a living, nothing to do with either team, nothing to do with the game. First of all, I don't even understand how that's enjoyable. I understand trash talking. I've been there. Like, I might jar back and forth for a minute or something like that. But I'm not going to be talking to you back and forth for a whole quarter. I didn't pay money to watch this game. I'm with my family. I'm not going back and forth with you for 20 minutes about nothing. About nothing. And like I said, these players don't know if this, if you knock out this OKC fan, Luca's not inviting you over. Luca's not coming to tell you to come come meet his newborn baby. He don't know you. But then we see literally uh, that guy kind of walks away and a, a few other Mavs fans in front of him, they jump into it. Beer start getting thrown, popcorn start getting thrown. This girl gets drenched with beer all over her and she's just sitting there crying. Just sitting in her seat crying as her boyfriend or fiance, whatever he is to her, is still sitting back, going, going, sitting there, going back and forth with Mavericks fans while she's sitting there drenched in beer crying. How much of an idiot do you have to be? No one cares that much. You should not be invested or care. There's nothing wrong with being a fan. You could decorate your whole house, your car, get tattoos, your pillowcases. You could dream about this team, live, die for this team. But there's no reason you should care that much with your significant other or your children with you at the game. There's no reason you should care that much where you're not even paying attention to your kids or you're putting them in harm's way for a team, like I said, that don't know, they, they don't know you. They Yes, of course, they're all going to say, we appreciate our fans and nothing out their fans. That's what they're supposed to say. That's what they're supposed to say. They're at work. They're at work. You pay to see them perform their jobs. They're at work. They, they're not inviting you over for Christmas. They're not inviting you over for Thanksgiving. They don't care if you beat somebody up in the stand. You, I don't have time to be getting beat up or falling down the stairs or breaking my hands. So I got work to go to. I'm not banging for any team. Like I said, things happen. People might get a little disrespectful. There is drinking involved. Things do happen. But that should, at some point, it should snap. Like, oh, wait, my six-year-old son is here. Let me chill out. Or my girlfriend is sitting here crying with beer all over her. Let me stop. Maybe I've reached my point. Especially when you won the game. The OKC fan wouldn't stop. You won the game. Barely. But you won the game. It was just really crazy to see. Like, I just, we just got to snap into reality and figure out at a certain point. Like, it's not that deep. It's really not that deep. It's at no point can it be that much. Can it be that now, like I said, if players was giving out tickets or money or telling you to come kick with them, meet me at the club, something like that, for dropping somebody, knocking somebody out. All right, if there's an incentive, rather, besides prison or injuries, might make sense, but there's not. So there's no reason. You shouldn't be fighting at games, period, but you shouldn't be definitely not fighting at games if you got your kids or your significant other with you. But overall, an awesome trip. Jerry World is insane. It's so spacious. I would definitely go back. We saw a great game. Glad my family got to see a good game. Glad my dad got to see a good game. OKC versus the Mavs. American Airlines, like I said, it was cool. Um, saw, saw a good game, too. Saw a great comeback. But you can't go on a third-year run and lose that game. It's just too much too much on your side, too much momentum, too much too much effort, too much fight coming back to, to let that one slip away. So Mavs really got to gotta get it going on the defensive end because that's where the issue really lied. I mean, they shot – Poorly, so poor in the first half, but couldn't get stops. And OKC will be a problem there. I think they believe they're top five in scoring. 
we know about the weapons they have with Shea and Chet. But they definitely showed some youth, and that could be a concern coming down the stretch in the playoffs because uh, it's very early in the season. But that's going to be something you got to look out for because that's just a 30 0 run is just something that cannot happen. NFL, we got Monday Night Football, and we usually get you guys ready for the game tonight. We got the Jaguars against the Bengals. A game I'm not really paying much attention to because the Jags should absolutely take care of business and get this W. They got a big game on deck. I was just looking at it, I believe. I was just looking at it. They got a big game on deck. Against the Browns. Uh, it is a big game. Two playoff teams. Uh, the Browns are still fighting for it. We're going to get to that, actually. The Browns are still fighting for a playoff position. But the reason I did actually, I wasn't really paying attention to this game at all tonight. The Jags, like I've been telling you, I'm going to die on this hill. I've been saying it since week one. The Jags are my pick to come out the AFC. And we continue to see the Chiefs struggling. The Bills, I don't believe in at all. The Dolphins, I don't believe in at all. This. Too many quarterback issues with the Steelers. Too many quarterback issues with the Browns. There's no reason. I don't see why the Jags can't come out the AFC. And I've been saying it since week one. I'm going to continue to die on this hill. That's my team to come out the AFC. But they are getting their first Monday night football game tonight in 12 years. 12 years the Jags are going to be on Monday night football. First time in 12 years. So you have to imagine they are going to be coming out in this first half jacked up that that home crowd behind them ready to go ready to put on the show on prime time to show people what they've been missing i mean they've had some games against on london you know that are nationwide but that's at 9 30 morning people weren't getting up to watch that now they're on prime time unfortunately they're playing this should have been a better matchup but we know joe burrow's out for the year so a huge disadvantage for the Bengals. but i do expect the jags to come out and light it up saw a stat earlier actually right before I hopped on the air they are eight and three against the spread this year so the line right now at minus ten and a half they are eight and three against the spread and they have won seven of their last eight and I've been telling you guys week after week after week I said even when they had got off to a slow start and they had that loss against the Texans I said it's okay this team Doug Peterson Trevor Lawrence Josh Allen, Calvin Ridley, this team is going to figure it out. Doug Peterson is the right coach to help a quarterback take that next step. He did it with Nick Foles. He's going to do it with Trevor Lawrence. Calvin Ridley came back after being suspended for uh, sports betting. He had something to prove. This team, all they do is late set one, seven out of eight. Best team against the spread right now, eight and three in spread on the year. So there's no reason, there's not a single box I could check that would even make me think to lean the Browns, uh, the Bengals way tonight. There's not a, without Joe Burrow, there's not a single box I could check that would make me think that the Bengals would cover this line tonight with how well Jacksonville has covered the spread. But I threw a little money on the first half because I just think knowing that, seeing that's that their first game on Monday night in 12 years, if you don't come out fired up, ripping somebody's head off, then then, then that might make me change my Super Bowl prediction. But I don't see any way they don't come out tonight in front of the Florida fans, in front of Duval, and get things rocking. So I like the Jags, uh, the Jags in the first half. Our article play, we cast another one. 
I said this not last show, obviously, because we didn't make it, but the show before that, if there's any day to tell my plays, it's on Sunday. You should be checking every day because they're always posted, obviously, full transparency. You see when we're hot, we'll see we're, you see when we're cold. I tell you guys when we're winning, I tell you when we're losing. But if there's any day that you say to yourself, no matter what I put out, I'm taking it, it's Sunday. Because now we are now moved to 11-4 and four in our last 15 Sunday plays. 11 and four. We are been almost damn near automatic on Sunday. We cash again with 49ers minus three, a rocking chair winner. The Eagles, I'm I'm not I'm not gonna hit the panic button on them, right? They're, I think they're still definitely gonna be a contender. We mentioned this plenty of times. Whenever the ball is in Jalen Hurts' hands, I said this in the article too. Whenever they have the ball, they can score. But they can't stop a nosebleed. That defense is bad, and they've escaped losses the last three weeks. Games they should have lost. They should have lost to Buffalo. They should have lost to KC. Should have lost to the Cowboys. And they damn sure should have almost lost to the Commanders, too. So four weeks in a row, they've gone into the second half trailing. Three of those teams, they, they should have lost to. The Commanders, are, you know, it's a, it is a division rival, but obviously not very a great team. But Buffalo, Dallas, and KC are all games they should have lost. They should not have won any of those games. The Buffalo game, it took a 59-yard field goal just to force overtime. They have just been escaping and escaping and escaping every single week. And that you, we know that can't keep up. And that's exactly what I wrote in the article. You can't keep that up. You, there's no way you can withstand that over the course of the week when you're playing tough opponents. If they had the, the Giants coming up or the Jets – I didn't know they did lose to the Jets or the Carolina or somebody like that coming up. Then you can kind of keep getting away with it. But you had a team coming in with playoff revenge on their mind, looking to make a statement, a team that is absolutely lights out on offense, top five in every category on offense, while the Eagles defense is bottom five in every category on defense except for rushing yards. They can't stop a nosebleed. And that's going to be a big concern in the playoffs because you're not just going to be able to beat everyone in the shootout. When Jalen Hurts has the ball, he can score at any time. He can give it swift, uh, whoever else. He can figure out a way to score at any time. But he can't do nothing on the sideline. He He can't score and play defense. That defense is bad. I had San Fran to win this game, but I did not expect it to be 42 to 19 that I didn't see coming at all but a statement game by the 49ers I do think they are the best team in the NFC I'm not still counting the Eagles out um but wow what a game a a rocking chair winner for us the Eagles had a good first quarter and then that was it I leaned the San Fran's way too also because of the weather I knew the weather was going to be bad even though the Eagles are decent stopping the run you got McCaffrey you can hand it off to him and they just dinked and dunked it all night. I, I didn't even get to see the whole game. I didn't need to. I had to go. I went to a family event at night. But I do know everything I wrote in that article happened. And if there's any day you guys are going to tell me, it's Sundays. 11 and 4 in the last 15. That's the, get, that's the day to take it. The other plays, you don't want to take them. That's fine. They're there. The information is always going to be there. But if, if there's any day, it's Sunday. We're going to keep cashing. Those. And shout out to my guys that we like sports. Make sure you check their show out on Tuesdays um, where the plays are posted, where our article plays are posted out. So shout out to them. 
but we are just absolutely almost automatic on Sundays. So make sure you guys check us out on Sundays. Rant, I saw a tweet because the other play I liked on Sunday was uh, the Rams. I had liked the Lions. Thought a huge Lions. I didn't. I know historically how bad the Lions are on Thanksgiving, but with how good they've been this year, the new head coach, I didn't think that trend would continue. And they looked so bad on. They just can't. It just can't. It don't matter who's playing. I could be under center. They just can't win on Thanksgiving. So I knew it was going to be a big bounce back game for them as well. Derek Carr and the Saints. Derek Carr stinks. He's hurt again. So it was an easy bounce back spot for the. Uh, for the Lions, also with San Fran too, they had extra rest. They didn't. They played on Thanksgiving against the Seahawks, so they had extra rest, extra time to prepare. Already coming in with motivation, absolutely dominated the Eagles. But I saw a tweet that said, "If you wake up today and don't bet against Joe Flacco, what are you even doing? What are you even doing? And is Flacco the one of the worst quarterbacks ever? No, of course not. But he's 38 years old. He was signed off the practice card. He had to play the Rams." Rams came out and took care of business. That was another play that I liked as well, too. You just had to. When a guy hasn't started a game in a year and his last start was with the Jets in a game, he shouldn't have won that day either. That was, that, was a, that crazy comeback. They came back 31-30. Uh, they, they had that crazy comeback against the Browns. But it was a no-brainer. That was, The way I felt about betting against Joe Flacco was the same way. You guys should feel about taking my plays on Sunday. No matter what, just take it. Because, and he didn't play that bad. I think he had two touchdowns, one interception, scored in the opening drive. Didn't play bad. But it just wasn't enough. The Browns have been dealing with that all year where they have the defense, especially in the dog pound. It's going to be tough to come in there and play. Miles Garrett, he keeps you in the game. Defensively himself alone. He's a one-man record crew. He could keep you in the game by himself. But this game was on the road. With a 38-year-old quarterback that's signed off the practice squad, you had to go with the Rams. Like, like that tweet said, if you didn't wake up and take the Rams, you're not even trying to make money. So that was the easy one to rock with. Mr. Automatic, Mike Evans. Where is that? I just seen it. Ten straight seasons with 1,000 receiving yards to begin a career. That's insane. Because Mike Evans has not had the best quarterbacks in his career. Besides Tom Brady, he has not had the best quarterbacks to work with. Ten straight season, thousand. Also, that's also just so impressive too. Because you have to be healthy enough to do that. That you know, knock on wood, he's been able to be healthy enough to sustain that type of consistency over a decade. I mean, most people. I mean, I'm lost for words actually because it's just that's incredible to even do that over a decade, ten straight too. It's not like he did it ten out of twelve years or five out of ten straight years, a thousand yards or more. Mister Automatic, I mean, it's impressive. It's just super impressive. Our play tonight, we are rocking in the NBA. Only two games tonight. We got the playing game. Uh, our play tonight, we gave it out. Pacers plus six. The line has dropped to four and a half. It's been moving kind of all day. I've seen it at five and a half earlier, now down to four and a half. So it's kind of been dancing. I think that was kind of maybe if Halbert was going to play, if he wasn't going to play, it's kind of been dancing. So we gave it out at plus six. Snooze, you lose. You got to always get the best line. The reason I like the Pacers tonight, obviously the Celtics are the better team, right? But this playing tournament 
has created some motivation in the league. It, it absolutely has. Adam Silver has done a good job with this where players do care a little bit. And with this matchup, this is the finals for the Pacers. They're not going to be good enough to make it to the NBA finals. So this play-in tournament is their NBA finals. They're not going to be good enough to beat the Celtics in a series. They're not going to be good enough to beat the Sixers in a series. They're probably not going to be good enough to beat Milwaukee in a series. So this is their time. This is They can win this end-season tournament because other teams like Boston, Philly, Milwaukee, they don't care as much. Yeah, the 500 grand is a nice boost to anybody's pocket, but they don't care as much. These teams have long-term goals. They're thinking about playing in June and playing in the in the NBA Finals. But for the Pacers, this means a lot. And also, this team is first in the league with points per game. They can't play a lick of defense. They can't even spell it. I could If we played the game Hangman and the word was defense, they would lose because they can't even spell defense. But they can score. They can score anytime and all the time. So why I think the Celtics, could the Celtics still pull this out? Of course. But I like Indiana to keep this game close, plus six, because they have more to play for. They care more about this. This is their, this in-season tournament to certain teams that know they're not championship contenders. This is their NBA Finals. This means a lot to them. They're going to come out tonight. I expect them to come out tonight. Halliburton is playing. So we already see there. Because if this wasn't important, you know, it was only an illness. It wasn't a, he was listed with an illness. It wasn't a, like a serious in, a knickknack injury when you know, he's been banged up. It was just an illness. But if it didn't matter as much, might take the night off, right? But it matters. So he's going to be in there. He's going to play tonight. They're in front of their home crowd. Number one in scoring. So they're going to be able to keep up with the Celtics on the scoreboard. It's just will they be able to just get enough stops to keep themselves in the game? They, they can't come out and start shooting cold. Can't have a cold streak. You're not going to be able to go on a run to get yourselves back in position because you can't play defense. You would, the Celtics would have to shoot poorly. So I think they come out tonight in front of their home crowd on TNT. This this play matters to them. For a lot of these teams, this matters because they know this is it. <laughs> We're not going to be playing. And they're going to make the playoffs, but they're not going to be a contender. They're not going to be playing deep into the playoffs. You know, they're more than likely a first round and out type of team. So I like the C's, obviously, I like the Pacers plus six. Like I said, if you're trying to take it now, the value's gone. The lines move down to four and a half. So the, the value's gone. But I like Indiana plus six tonight for our snooze or lose pick. A lot to play for. It means a lot to them. To a lot of other teams, it doesn't. But to them, it, the second game tonight is Kings Pelicans. I sprinkled a little something on the Kings with the Jags first half play that I talked about because the Pelicans are just so bad on the road. CJ McCollum is back, but New Orleans is three is six on the road. They've lost three straight on the road as well, too. This is also a little bit of a revenge matchup as the Pelicans beat the Kings on November 22nd. And also the Kings are very good at home, six and two at home. So I like Sacramento to win this game. I got them at a plus number because I took them in the parlay with the Jags first half. But I do think they can win the game outright. Pelicans just don't play good on the road. C.J. McCollum is back. I think this is his second or third game back in the lineup from that uh, collapsed lung. Glad that he's even back out there. But the Kings, I think, take care of business just because how bad the Pelicans are on the road. So those are our plays, though. The official one, though, Pacers plus six. And I also got a little parlay if you want to hop on that. Jags first half 
with the Kings plus five and a half. Jack's first Monday night football game in 12 years. Got to come out jacked up, put on the show for the crowd tonight. Got to come out and take care of business. Other NFL, nothing else really to talk about. I mean, the week kind of went as planned. Everybody took care of business. I mean, the Steelers losing to the Cardinals, that, that's really, that that puts a hurt into them. Also, Kenny Pickett is out with an ankle injury. And I, I somehow, Mitch Trubisky still has a job. It, it, I don't understand how some dudes still, just be still lingering around in the league. I don't understand how they make it that far, but he's still here. He is still here. But that Steelers, they just can't score. They, they can't score. So that's going to I mean, they weren't scoring when Kenny Pickett was there either, but they fired their offensive coordinator to help out with the offense. So we'll see how that goes. That's going to be a tough stretch for them. Look ahead week. They got the Pats on deck, so they should be able to take care of business. It's going to be on a short week, though, with your backup quarterback. Uh, but New England can't score. 6 nothing. they lost to the Chargers. They can't score. So they got to play the Steelers in Pittsburgh on Thursday. It's a game that Pitt's really going to need. My Colts. Finding ways to win. Finding ways to win. I didn't like the game at all. Thought it was a trap line. They were only getting minus one against Tennessee. They were able to pull it out in overtime. My connection. Hopefully my connection in. Hopefully you guys are still there. It's telling me bad connections. I hope you guys are still there. We're going to wrap it up shortly anyway. But my Colts still there. Still in the thick of things. They get the Bengals next week. You know, the thing with Indy is I didn't have any expectations coming into the year. Because it was rebuilding practice. You know, you're getting a, you drafted a young quarterback. So I didn't have high expectations coming to the season. But now, you know, you sit seven and five. Oh, excuse me. <clears throat> you sit seven and five with a very favorable schedule. You got the Bengals, Steelers, Falcons, Raiders. You could, they could win every single one of those games. Bengals, we know they have Joe Burrows out for the year. Pittsburgh can't score, and you get pit at home. <clears throat> the Falcons stink. The Raiders stink. That game with the Raiders, it'll depend on where they're at in their season, how much they're still fighting. They play the Raiders uh, December 31st, so it's depending on how much fight left is in their season. And then you got the Texans. So the playoffs are still re- – it's a, it's a real shot. It's a legitimate shot for them to be in the playoffs. Only other game looking forward to, you get Bills, Chiefs again. I mean, Buffalo's coming off a bye. And we see that KC is really, really struggling. So that one could kind of go either way. But biggest game of the week, Eagles-Cowboys once again. Dak gets a second chance in his building this time. The Eagles blown out against the 49ers. It would look right now so easy to just say, take the Cowboys. But I would probably take the Eagles to cover. I think Dallas can win, though, because of how bad Philly's defense is. But you would have to, one, expect the Eagles to obviously come out and get the nasty taste out of their mouth of getting blown out to the 49ers, division rival. This game matters too for to win the division. So 
it's just too easy to say Cowboys, but how well they're playing. Dallas is going to obviously to have extra rest, not playing since Thursday. They just played Thursday against Seattle, so extra rest for them. But I think Dak and company could get it done. I would not be surprised at all if the Cowboys won this game. They should have won the last one. Philly gifted the last game to them. They just couldn't. They couldn't finish it off. But I could see the Eagles covering this game, but the Cowboys pulling it out. If I had to make the choice right now, I would definitely take Philly with the points. You would have to expect they're going to come back and bounce back from this bad loss against 49ers. They're 5-1 on the road, 3-0 against the division. Division title pretty much on the line as Philly sits 10-2, Cowboys at 9-3. So I would take the Eagles in the points, but it wouldn't shock me one bit if the Cowboys won that game. Well, other than that, no other no game. Rams, Rams, Ravens is going to be a good game. Seven points, I think, is a lot right now. Baltimore getting seven points against the Rams. I think that's a lot of points. This Rams team is healthy. They're fighting. They're well coached. They've won three straight. They're fighting for a playoff position. I think a touchdown's a lot. I think the Ravens are coming off a bye as well, too. Yeah, Baltimore's coming off a bye as well. But that's a lot of points against a good offense. So we're gonna see. We're gonna see how the line moves. But right now, I like I like the Eagles to cover. And if I was forced to, I'd probably take the Rams with the points. But my best play would probably be right now will be Philly. No other game I really that sticks out. I mean, the Texans should beat the Jets. Vikings, Vikings, Raiders are gonna be a good game. Minnesota also coming off a bye if they finally had their losing streak snap. So see what direction they head coming out coming off the bye if they're. Joshua Dobbs still keep things going, but not a game I would probably financially touch. Colts, Bengals, depending on how things go tonight with, with Cincy, I mean, you got to take the hot hand, right? You got to keep riding Indy. I would have told the Colts are 5-1 and one on the road, too. You would have to take the Colts. Absolutely. But that's about it for me, guys. Other than that, like I said, everything else is kind of – you know, Lions, Bears, Buccaneers, Falcons, nothing I nothing I really want to get involved with. Chargers, Broncos. I like I would like Denver to bounce back too. I think Denver could bounce back. And I would not be surprised if the Broncos beat the Chargers in LA. We know, especially with the, you have to take Denver plus three. You know the Chargers have the most losses of three points or less than any team since 2020. So you would have to take Denver with the points. So I like Denver with the points. Like the Eagles with the points, and possibly I'm looking to it more, but possibly the Rams with the points as well, too. But right now, tonight, go lock in and actually you already missed it. But Pacers plus six, that's our play. If you do want to get some action, like I said, I do like Jags first half, minus two and a half with the Kings plus five and a half. It came out to like minus 109. I think the Kings get a little bit of revenge. Also, the Pelicans are really bad at home, and you get the Jaguars. Their first Monday night game since we in 12 years. Got to come out in front of Duval and light it up. So those are my two plays. Make sure you guys follow us on all social media platforms. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Share the stream. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. And in the words of the icon, Billy Walters, had some losing weeks, had some losing months. Never had a losing year. Snooze your lose podcast. Till next time.